My name's Ashley, and this is Let's Talk Dispatch. You're gonna do it. Do it really well. And I believe the world needs more dispatchers. In the mud, blood, and beer. Years that I'm not working Fourth of July. So on this show, with the help of my guests, we will educate, empower, and support the heroes behind the headset. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here at Let's Talk Dispatch with me, Ashley, the Raspy Dispatcher. I just, you know, I this week at work, you know, I'm settling in to my swing shift life and loving it. I'm thriving. I'm not going to lie to you. And one of my uh, sergeants came in kind of towards the end of the evening around like 8 p.m. And he comes in, he's like, you guys are the best dispatchers in the world. And I was like, this is a setup. There is something happening right now. This compliment's out of nowhere. And he ended up, he was given a tour to um, a, a kids, a bunch of kids um, of our of our department. And so he was like, I'm just going to bring him in real quick. If you guys could tell him what you do, the amazing work you do. So I was like, this is my moment. This is what I live for. So a bunch of kids came in and I was telling them about the systems and answering their questions. And the sergeant came back and he was like the highlight of their tour, you know, and to quote, they said that I am cool as shit. So I'm going to take that as my highest compliment of the week. And anyone out there who has created a high school 911, maybe certification program that they're doing at schools, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to reach out to you. It's definitely something that I'm interested in doing in my community, um, as well as sharing with other folks in the dispatch community how to do that if that is something they're interested in too. Because I do think that there is a there is a gap between what we're learning about emergency services on the 911 side uh, with our youth. So if again, if you do do that, know how to do it, created your own, got it out there, please hit me up. I'd love to talk to you about it and love to, you know, pick your brain about that process. My guest today is currently a priority working at Priority Dispatch as a QPR evaluator and auditor. She also has over 15 years of experience on all sides of dispatch, including medical, working EPD, EMD, and EFD. She took all of that knowledge and experience in the field and put it to use in, as I was telling her before we jumped on, in one of my favorite ways of doing so, creating a children's book called In Case of Emergency, 911 Adventures, helping children understand the when and how and what piece of calling 911 during an emergency. And like I said, the kids need the info. So let me bring on Desiree to talk about that experience. Hi, Desiree. Hi. My computer is just blowing up now with emails all of a sudden, of course. (laughs) You know, that is definitely how it works. Let me tell you. Right place, wrong time, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Haven't gotten anything. (laughs) How are you? I am well. It is my my day off, my Saturday. Um, On a lovely Monday, I'm back to working weekends, which is honestly not terrible. Not going to lie. Kind of like rolling around when everyone else is at work, you know? Yeah, that's true. It does make a difference. I don't know. I can, I'm not doing the shift work anymore and I'm, I'm quite happy with that. So. Yeah, I want to be like you when I grow up. 
I don't know about that, but. <laughs> so how did you get into public safety when you were, were doing it, you know? I don't know. Honestly, I was, I started when I was 19 um, and I was coming home from a trip out, out in BC somewhere and I was in the car and for some reason it just, I have no idea how or why it just popped into my head. And I was like, I'm going to be a 911 dispatcher. <laughs> and so um, at the time, the, the college in my um, hometown, they had an emergency communications and response course. Oh, wow. um, so I don't know. I, I went and I took that course for the nine months that it was. And mm-hmm. um, I ended up actually moving to Calgary and I was a, a flight attendant for WestJet for a year. Oh, hey. And then... At the same time, I had applied back for a job in Medicine Hat and uh, got I got the job. So I moved back home and the rest is kind of history. That's awesome. So what was what was the experience like working the medical side? I say all the time, I don't think I'd want to have no desire to do the medical side when I transfer and they start throwing up. I'm like, okay, that's we're not needed. I'm gonna disconnect now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's definitely not. Um, it's not a glamorous piece mm-hmm. of it, I guess. But um, it's really good. Like I started off um with Medicine Hat 911, and at the time, uh, they were triple accredited. Um, before a just kind of all amalgamated and stuff. Mm. So, was uh, I did fire police and medical I would have to say like police was my jam like I really <laughs> loved police like um but medical I don't know it's it's really cool because you actually there's more so like instructions and that kind of stuff that you mm. get to actually help that person in that moment yeah you know like whether it be childbirth whether it be CPR AED instructions mm-hmm. um EpiPens all that kind of stuff there's so much that you can help with um AS like aspirin um administration there's so much that you could help with before the responders get there yeah on that piece yeah yeah and I think that's it's really cool for folks who are like, I don't know what I want to do, or, or I'm just kind of filling out this line of work. There are so many different ways that folks do this job and different ways that departments have set up the job to do. So when you're doing your research, if you do have a, a desire to work on the medical side and wanting to you know, help someone deliver a baby on the side of the road or provide someone, <laughs> have someone, you know, help them administer CPR and their loved ones. And I mean, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough to get someone to follow directions in crisis in yes. general, let alone life-saving directions. Right. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're researching and you're trying to figure out what you want to do, definitely look into the place that you're apl- applying for and ask those questions. If they're doing police only, if they're doing fire only, if they're doing all three, if they're only doing two, um, because that for me, it's important because I don't have a desire to do the medical side of things. So when I right. lateraled, I definitely was like, okay, we're only doing police, right? All right, I'll apply, you yes. know? So that's definitely one of those things to look for when you're considering this line of work. Absolutely. I think so too. And, you know, it was really great starting off in a center that did all three, because mm-hmm. without that knowledge, without doing all of them, you mm-hmm. would never know what, where your passion kind of lies and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was really lucky working with the two agencies that I did um, and, you know, great, you know, AHS is a big organization, but really great uh, 
management and stuff to help take care of you like during those moments too. So because there are some with medical and whatnot, uh, one minute somebody that you could be talking to is totally fine and the next minute they're not. So um, you do need to be able to de-stress and that kind of stuff. So I guess Mm -hmm. it does really um, impact you on different levels and maybe police would impact you a little bit more than medical would or vice versa or fire, whatever. So. Yeah. And I do want to touch on like you saying, having good management is super Mm. important. And for folks who are in supervisory roles, um, listening to this podcast, I mean, you as a manager, as a supervisor have this, amazing ability to really impact your center by supporting your people. And I know sometimes in centers, we can feel a little alone when it comes to our management, not getting it. Maybe they're a little too far removed from answering those 911 calls. So if you are in those roles and those positions, be really intentional about checking in with your people and not just checking in to check off a box that you did it because as we all know in the dispatch role, we, we know when it's phony, right? We, we get that dispatch feeling in our tummy, you know? So it does go a long way to be intentional, checking in with your people and really building that culture to help each other through those hard calls and times. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that makes actually the world of difference mm. for, for anybody in a dispatch role. So, yeah. yeah. And especially when we talk about keeping people on, right? We're, we're going to, we're more likely to stay in a tough job where we're feeling supported versus I'm already having a tough job and I feel no support, you know? So hundred percent. I've seen so many good people come in and, you know, they, I don't think that, um, lots of people at times have or grasp what the job is all about. Right. So, and I always say to the people that I would train, you have to give yourself at least six months, I would say solid dispatching on your own to give yourself a real idea if you're going to like it or if the job's for you because Mm -hmm. lots of people it's fear it's um it's scary sometimes you know answering those those lines and especially uh new off of training and I think training is really important but just feeling that support from other dispatchers within the center or your management team is massive Mm -hmm. and it'll be the deal breaker for you exactly and I do agree that you gotta do the job free of all the critiques and the the hovering, which is needed because of the type of work we do. The training is tough. If you're oh, training yeah. right now and you haven't gone home with a tear in your eye, like yeah. good for and you because <laughs> and it's so awesome. hard as a trainer because I just want to sometimes push them aside or like hands mm. on them. I get my ha- hands on the mouse and I'm like, I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be letting you do it, but it's just mm. so hard and it, yeah. it's so intense because it's live. Yeah. And it's, and it's so true. So if you are training, if you are a trainer, we hear you, we see yes. you, you are doing the the hard work of these comp centers, getting Absolutely. folks through training. So if you are being trained and you just feel like, man, I can't do nothing right. They're critiquing me with every little thing. It's kind of the, it's kind of the way it goes. You're going to be overly critiqued. Even me as a lateral, I had some imposter syndrome. I was like, I swear I'm a good dispatcher. I swear yeah. I know how to do my job, but the world of critiquing just happens in training so much because of the line of work we, we are in it. it, You kind of have to have it, but then when you're free, you get to kind of find your footing, find your style and really get into the the role. So hold on. Like Desiree said, make it through 
and yeah. really, really get that footing and see how it feels. If you can do that, it's a amazing, amazing career. It's an amazing uh, job. Just the feelings, the emotions that you get, the gratitude that you feel for uh, the people around you, the people that support you and the people that you're able to help. So. Before we continue, we wanted to take a moment to thank our partners at Prepared. You can learn more about the awesome support and technology Prepared provides to first responders by heading to prepared911.com. Partners like Prepared help to continue our mission of supporting, empowering, and educating the heroes under the headset. You can learn more about our resources and partnerships by heading to theraspydispatcher.com. Now let's get back to the show. Awesome. Well, let's talk about your book because yeah. even after all the things you've done in your career, you're like, ah, yes. ah, write a book. And, you know, I'm going to do one more thing. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I, I tend to do that to myself. I'm like, oh, okay, what's one more thing? Right. I got two kids myself, and uh, they're my son's going to be 12 here next mm-hmm. month. My daughter just turned 10. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's busy. But honestly, this book. I, I keep, I always say somebody up above just gave me the words one day and it just came out. I was actually sleeping and, or actually trying to fall asleep. And I was kind of in that REM stage where I was lightly sleeping and all of a sudden these ideas just started coming to my head. So I popped up in bed and I just started writing these ideas down Uh and within probably 15, 20 minutes, the book was done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so. amazing. I, I totally can relate to this because yeah. I've blown up my fiance's phone and she's like, what is happening? I'm like, I don't know. I just have all these ideas coming and I got to put them out there so you can reel me in or push, keep pushing me that way. Because oh, you sometimes you like them. Yeah. yeah. You just got to throw yeah. them out there. So I think when you're in that sleep cycle too, some of the most like honest ideas start to come out and those are the ones that you just need to hold on to. So, right. Uh, now, wait, wait, did you have a little melatonin in your system? Yeah. yeah melatonin. <laughs> I really didn't. I don't know. It just, it just came and then it took a while for me to decide that I wanted to publish it. And, um, I had the book written out. I didn't have any illustrations yet. And mm-hmm. so I just sent, started sending the book out to publishing houses. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it was funny because last April I had taken my mom and my daughter to New York. Um, and I was in New York when I got the email from a New York publishing house that mm-hmm. was offering me um, a hybrid contract because I'm a first time author. They mm-hmm. couldn't do a traditional one. So mm-hmm. I had that option. And then I had another publishing house um, offer me the same type of thing out of the UK. And so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at all the, the details and all the, the, the payment plans and that kind of stuff. And I was, mm-hmm. you no, know, I'm, I'm just going to go with Amazon. So I went with Amazon hmm. And it was really great, though, because they actually did all of my illustrations for me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I started off with that. It took a lot longer than expected. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, my book is done the way that I wanted it done or the way that I envisioned it. Yeah. And I think that's super important. And so what's kind of the what is your vision for your book what 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 is it about what is the the premise and what is the focus yeah so um it's called 
like you had said, in case of emergency, 911 Adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and my vision was I wanted to put the 911 Adventures in because I wanted to create a series. Mm-hmm. There's so many different um, scenarios that could go on for 911. Mm-hmm. So this one is based on medical. Um, mm-hmm. So the main character, Brandon, um, he gets, um, he hears his mom screaming for help. Um, mm-hmm. His dad has fallen off of a ladder. Mm-hmm. And so he calls 911 and um, the rest kind of goes from there. It, it teaches him when he should call 911 mm-hmm. and maybe when he shouldn't call 911. <laughs> and I wanted to keep it in a very light and humorous manner, but also mm-hmm. um, with some education in it so mm-hmm. that that it still engages the children while they mm-hmm. read it. I don't want it to be too heavy, obviously. And I yeah. don't think that they want it that way either. So it's, yeah. it's a funny book. Um, but yes, it, it definitely teaches Brandon when he should and when he shouldn't call. <laughs> and it also kind of gives him an insight as to what may be asked of him mm-hmm. and what's important to know when you do call 911, such as your address, such as a phone number. Um, and it, I just wanted to take that fear out of that phone call um, mm. when it came to children mm. that, it, it, you know, it's not scary. It, sometimes they think it is. And if they accidentally call, that's when they hang up really fast. Right. Yes. And like, so not too late. Like, We're sending SWAT. Yeah, <laughs> Should have just let me speak to your mom and dad. Yeah, but. Please put him on the phone. I had yeah. a kid keep picking up the phone and go, you're ruining my YouTube. Oh, <laughs> no. oh. I was like, I just want to talk to your mom or dad or parent or please. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, there's lots of education that still needs to be done. I think even in, um, even in regards to children using old cell phones, that yeah. oh. understand that it can still call 911 and it's just, they think it's innocent and stuff. And it is obviously very innocent, but mm-hmm you know, those mistakes happen and that's okay. So mm-hmm. I do feel as though that this book um, will hopefully give parents kind of the in to start making a plan with their kids yes. in case of an emergency. And yeah. so that would be a really great time even to, to read the book and have your parents sit down um, with you and make even a fire plan up or mm-hmm. um, the back of the book um, has a rip out page or a cutout page that, um, I put a spot on there so that you can write your mom and dad's phone number and your address yeah. down and put it on your fridge or tuck it in a drawer in your room so that you know where to go if you do need to call. Yeah. And I love the I love the fact that it's it's creating the opening for that conversation because the reality is not only are we educating kids, but we're educating parents as well, right? Because Absolutely. it's quite possible they didn't receive this information when they were growing up and maybe they've never had to call 911 and you know mm-hmm. just providing more tools to open those conversations it's it's educating on both both yeah. ends of the spectrum absolutely yeah so i came out with this and um now it's out there it's on amazon um barnes and nobles and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be coming to a couple other places walmart target uh indigo chapters it should be available on soon and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just been a little bit of a ride and it's great. I actually have um, some presentations in my hometown here that I'm going to be going into the schools and I have a grade two presentation that I'm going to go do. Um, I have a couple of preschools that I'm going to do. Very um, cool. Yeah, so I'll do a book reading and just a little bit of education on 911. So kind of goes hand yeah. in hand. 
And I love that that folks like you and are putting this stuff out there because yes, you're doing the presentations, but people can buy the book and do their own presentations with it. Yes, absolutely. And and get it out there in front of their class. I mean, I have nieces and nephews who I have to correct all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not the police. I'm the person who tells the police where to go. (laughs) You know, my daughter is 10. And even the other day we drove past my old work there and she says, mom, what did you used to do there? And I said, well, I was a 911 dispatcher. And she goes, I know, but like, what did you do there? Did you put people in jail? And no, <laughs> you know, you think right? that she knows that by now, but right? Like, first of all, get out and walk home. I'll talk yes. to you when you get there. <laughs> exactly. But it's just, uh, it's just common, I guess, for kids. Even when we would yeah. walk around in our uniforms, mm-hmm. I'd always hear, "There's a cop. There's a cop." It's like, Not a cop, but <laughs> yeah. it's so true. But yeah, all these books and years and these are all going into my. Christmas cart so I can send it to my nieces and nephews and have them reading about it. And it's just a wonderful tool um, that we can implement. And I know a lot of, a lot of folks out there are doing recruiting and they're doing community outreach with their departments. And I think we struggle a bit as dispatch to be included because we don't have the, you know, shiny police car or the the fun canine dog to go with. And, you know, these these are, we do. I'll be like, you want to put my headset on? No, yeah, no, that's no. right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, finding different ways and tools to make the presentation fun and relatable yes. to young folks. Like, this yep. is a great option if you're out there in the dispatch world, in your departments, working in these community spaces, trying to connect with the folks we're serving. Buy this book. Bring it with you. Share it with teachers in the area, you know. Yep. Um there's so many different places they can go into, I think, just like you're saying, like schools, preschools, um, into those communities, victim services, like lots of, you know, lots of different places. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's it's accessible and it's um, it, it'd be good, I think, for many different areas. Amazing. So what advice would you give someone who is considering a career in dispatch? I know you're, you're a big author now and you've (laughs) parted ways with answering, answering direct 911 calls, but looking back at your, your long career, you know, in this field, doing this job, what, what advice would you give your younger self getting into this field? Oh, you know, it's been about a year since I took a 911 call, but, um, I don't know. Like I had said, just make sure that you give yourself the time to enjoy the job, to make sure, or just to see all the aspects of it, just to make sure that, you know, you're not selling yourself short if you're having a rough few weeks or just take the time to be kind to yourself. And Mm -hmm. it is a great career. And I think that it's one that you can hold on to for a long time. It, like I said, it gives you so much, um, I want to say joy, but at the same time, there is pain and sorrow and that kind of stuff that's going to come along with it. Um, but it, yeah, if you if you ever think of it, even some 911 centers, I'm not sure how many anymore, do sit-ins, right? So mm-hmm. that's sometimes even part of the hiring process is that you have to do a sit-in. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually really do understand what it's about. Um, some people say that we're just glorified call takers. Um, and some people actually think that's, that's the job that Mm -hmm. that's what you're coming into, um, until they see how the whole system works in itself. Um, so yeah, just make sure that you give yourself the time to, um, 
see that if, if it is the job for you or not. Definitely. So, so true. I'm a big, big, big fan of sit-alongs. If you can get in yes. there through your hiring process or even reach out to your de local department, typically they do have the same way they have ride-alongs. They usually have sit-along paperwork as well. They do exist. You might just have to look a little harder for it. Um, but it is one of my highlights of my application process was my sit-along. I yes. sat with one of our at my old agency uh, dispatchers and just the way they did the job and managed the crisis. And I was like, wow, this, this is pretty badass. Like, <laughs> you know, yes. I heard this. <laughs> yeah. it really does. Like you, I don't think that uh, lots of people really understand when you have all the computer screens in front of you, you have all the radios going, you have mm -hmm. some centers, even you have, you're the one taking the call, doing the radios, doing everything mm -hmm. yourself. So mm -hmm. lots of multitasking. Um, but yeah, it's been a great, great career for me and I've really enjoyed it. Amazing. Well, Desiree, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing you. your journey with me, sharing your book that everyone needs to go buy. That's an order. Um, <laughs> Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, all the places. Yes. Um, you know, we love a good Amazon find. So. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep, it's just paperback. You can get paperback or a ebook if you want. So the choice is yours, but there's nothing better than a, like a book in your hand. Type yes. Of thing. Yes. So, so true. So true. And I'm sure yeah. there's going to be more because like Desiree said, it's adventures of 911. Yeah. So there's going to be more stories to come. So definitely grab this first one and be on the lookout for more adventures that Desiree is going to be putting out there. Thank you so much. All right. I'll be right back with you, Desiree. Okay. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thank you again for joining us here on Let's Talk Dispatch with another episode. Truly, uh, folks who are taking their experience and putting it into children's books or even, you know, regular books, just talking about the, the hard jobs that we're doing as dispatchers. It's really one of my favorite things to see uh, coming to light. Honestly, I one of the things when I was starting YouTube, was I was looking for books about 911 and it was it was scarce out there man at least it, it wasn't anything new and now I've like five six seven books out there that I've that I've seen and I'm sure there's more coming and more that I'm not aware of that are created by dispatchers answering and teaching the things that dispatchers need folks to know when calling 911 so I really just think it's wonderful um, Desiree, thank you for taking your experience and putting it out there for the folks to hopefully make our jobs a little easier on the on the other end of it, right? Uh, so with all of that, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Again, I say it, I'm going to continue to say it. Leaving that review definitely helps get the podcast in front of folks who need to hear it. So please hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review. And of course, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all the socials. And if you do want to be a guest, head over to theraspydispatcher.com. Pick a date and time that works for you. Super flexible. I get shift work. I promise it'll be a fun chat. And lastly, if you do have a story to tell, but you don't really want to be on camera to tell it, you can submit your story in writing on our website under the Tell My Story tab. Or you can send me an email, ashley at theraspydispatcher.com. Looking for the good, the bad, the hilarious, and any, anything in between you want to share with the world. So, again, 
Thank you all so much. And until next time, stay raspy. Thanks for joining us here on Let's Talk Dispatch. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a five-star review. Consider joining our Patreon for exclusive content, early access to episodes, and discounts on merch at theraspydispatcher.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of these things help support the creation of more content because the world needs more dispatchers. Thank you all again for the love and continued support. And until next time, stay